This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I'm your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Gina Perrin. Gina, also known as Gigi, has over 20 years of experience as the top salesperson for a construction company. She also is a certified positive psychology health and well being coach. She is the CEO and the founder of Gigi Lifestyle. She is a farm girl and a mom from. Pennsylvania, living in Los Angeles. Gina, it is so great to have you here today. I've missed you. I've missed you too. So good to see your face. So Gina and I, um, just a little for all of the audience out there, Gina and I know each other from the fitness world in California. And um, she and I connected a little bit during the pandemic and went for some social distance walking outside. And, um, and I always enjoyed our conversations. And so it's so great to have you here. And thanks again for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Patricia. So this is the part of the show where we have the big reveal as to what 80s song are we going to be talking about today? So without further ado, can I get a drum roll, please? Gina. What song best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today? Sue Suya by Phil Collins. <laughs> Yay! Phil Collins got in the mix. It's we haven't had that yet. And no? uh no, and I love that song. And of course, oh. as you guys know, I have to go down the rabbit hole and go to Wikipedia and start learning about Sue Su- Studio. I can't even say it without, you know, singing it. So actually, this song came out in 1985. It hit the Billboard charts at number one in 1985. And it's from the album No Jacket Required, which also hit number one in 1985. So this Phil Collins album was epic. And I, you know, had the tape that I listened to on my Walkman. Love the music. We also had, you know, One More Night on there, Don't You Lose My Number, Mm -hmm. and then uh, so many amazing songs on that album. I could list them. I actually could practically list them all in order. But what's interesting about this song is that Phil Collins, when he was creating the song, he was in front of his drum kit, and he improvised Susu Studio. So it kind of came out that way, and it was was all improvised. And then he's, he said, uh, there's a quote here. It says, so Phil Collins says, so I kind of knew I had to find something else for that word, Susudio. And, you know, he tried on different things. It didn't work. So he kept it Susudio. 
And what the song actually is about is a, a schoolboy crush on a girl. So it's just a fun, uplifting song. Uh, it got a little bit of criticism that it sounded like Princess Song 1999. And, you know, Phil Collins said, you know, listen, I listened to that in my Genesis tour and loved Prince, loved the music. And, you know, certainly, you know, I'm sure, you know, Prince influenced all pop dance at that time, right? So, uh, so that was a little bit of critical analysis of the song. But I mean, what a fun and uplifting song that was. And what a great song choice. Thank you. Yes, I love that song. I was listening to it yesterday to bring me back to to, yes, all yes, the memories yes. I have of it. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, thank you for bringing that album in because I actually listened to it today during my workout. And uh, it was it just so it was interesting to go down that trip of memory lane. And I know that you have a story that you're going to share with us today that is of delicate nature regarding the song. And if you wouldn't mind, Gina, sharing that story with us today. Absolutely. Well, my life completely changed on Christmas Day, 2010. Okay. Uh, a little backstory to that. Prior to that day, I just, I thought I had the world at my fingertips. Everything was just going along great. <laughs> I was in the best physical shape of my life. I mean, I've always been an athlete and, and a bit of a gym rat. And I was, I was just in, in my top shape. I was engaged to be married. Um, after having gone through a, a tough divorce four years prior to that, work was great. Family was great. Everything was going along just great. And um, that Christmas morning, I'm heading to my fiance's house and I call my parents. And my dad answers. I said, you know, dad, I'm going to stop by my brother's house on the way just to check on him. My brother's name is David. And um, the reason I was going to check on him is because he he didn't show up to Christmas Eve at my parents' house the night before. And that was always a very big event where we're all there. And, you know, the kids, you know, grandkids and, and everything. And he, he didn't show. We had called him a few times and didn't get an answer. So my dad said, you know what? I, I was going to do the same thing. I'll meet you over there. So my father and I meet at, meet at David's house. We essentially break in because he's not answering and we can see his car is there. And, um, you know, he had, he had taken his own life. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's, really, it's really tough to even talk about it now. And it's been 12 years. And really what the, the worst part is, obviously it was very devastating for me, but to see a parent, because I am a parent, to see a parent find their child gone, mm -hmm. it was, it was, uh, it's mm -hmm. something that I don't wish on anyone, anyone. I'm actually glad my mother wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so it's something that, you know, him and I carry a little bit heavier than the rest of the family, but it was, um. It was devastating. And I have to tell you from, from that moment, uh, over the next four years, I was very much in fight or flight. Everything had changed. My fiance and I called off the engagement, lost that relationship within six months of his death. I was overeating. I was over drinking. I was crying a lot at night, having to stay strong during the day. Mm -hmm. because. Um, 
you know, the roles shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. They shift from parent to child when something like that tragic happens. My parents were different people than they were, you know, prior to that day. You know, it's a lot of like helping them and, and really putting myself last. Yes. And that went on for quite a time. Like I said, four years. And um, in 2014, I, I said to myself, if I don't make a change, I'm, I'm 37. I was, you know, young and still young and, and had lost my way through, yeah. through all of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I... <laughs> I took a leap of faith and, and I moved to LA and it was a very, very big transition from a farm girl in Pennsylvania. Uh, now, Patricia, I didn't put a pin on a map and say, Hey, I'm just moving here yeah. for no reason. Right. I mean, I had, um, I had been visiting uh, Los Angeles for, for about eight years prior to me moving there uh, because dear friends of mine, had transferred out here. Mm. So it wasn't, it wasn't just a stab in the air, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> um, but it was a big change. It was, uh, I will absolutely admit that the first year that I was here, I woke up a few times in the middle of the night and was like, what did I do? Mm. Uh, because I left everything that I ever knew. Yes. You know? um, yes. But because of David's death, there was a lot of sadness mm-hmm. around that area. So I felt like I needed to get out of it. My yeah. daughter needed to get out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a few years of adjustment and mm-hmm. um, I finally walked back into a local gym and said, you know, I got to get me back. I have to, I have to say, find me again and yeah. to figure out what happened to that girl from December twenty fourth, two thousand ten, you know, right, right, um, and like most things, I don't want anyone to think that it was just overnight. I was healed, and everything was just all great. Some magic wand or magic moment or, or some specific day changed yeah. everything for me because it didn't. And um, you know, I get messages like that sometimes, like, "How's your life? Just so perfect?" It's not, and it took a very long time to get back to where I am now. But anyway, I started hitting the gym. I started building my community again. I found a great mentor who was a coach at the time and had taken me under their wing. And I started coaching, started teaching cycling and, and running. And I opened up a, one of the bigger gyms in our area. And then that, that led me to the next big adventure where I met you, Patricia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I realized that I needed to. So once I physically started to get stronger, I realized I hadn't really, I hadn't really come to terms with what had happened. I was taking care of everyone else, which is what we do as women, right? Right. right. Supposed to be able to handle everything, keep that career going, you know, do great in my sales job, keep myself physically fit, run the house, raise my daughter, do all these things, and and you become last and yeah. reaching out for help is sometimes a little hard for women to do. I know it was hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was hard for me, but when I reached out and said, I, I need to talk to somebody about what, what happened there and, mm-hmm. and come to terms with it. Yeah. Because I had a lot of guilt. My life was just so great at that time or so I thought, right. And 
and he was struggling. And I didn't even take that time to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I didn't call him enough. You know, I didn't, I didn't do enough. Right. So there was a lot of guilt around, around that, that I had to come to terms with and forgive myself. Yeah. And, and when I finally did that, it changed the way that I was, I was looking at things. It, it led me to, to, to coaching other people, to helping them. Um, yeah. We all have a story. Yes. Yeah. We all have a story. They're different, but we have a story that changed. Um, very, very much so. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, you know, I'm so incredibly sorry for your loss. And, um, you know, and I didn't know this about your life before you moved, you know, to California, you know, uh, when I met you, I, I had no idea. And I just, I just want to tell you how incredibly sorry I am that this happened. And I also want to say that thank you uh, for your vulnerability uh, to bringing this um, to the audience. Um, it is indelicate of nature. And, you know, simultaneously to this, you bring up so many, so many interesting um, areas, obviously emotional well-being, uh, mental health. You also bring up, you know, having to take care of your loved ones, you know, during this time that you're grieving. So, um, you know, like you had said, the role's shifting uh, and you were raising your daughter at the same time and, you know, single mom and at that time, and then also, you know, in your business, you know, working in your business uh, with, with your career. I'm just thinking about how much strength you have um, to, to have done all of that. And during that time, and I know you said like for four or five years, it's like you were putting yourself last. You were like the shoemaker with the hole in the shoes <laughs> and everybody else's needs came first and, and not yours. And, and it's interesting that, you know, so many people uh, end up in the situation of taking care of others, um, not in your situation specifically. Yours came with a lot of grief and loss and loss of your relationship and the process of that and, and also loss of community as you moved into California. But looking at um, so many people out there who don't put their needs in the mix at all, and um, how wonderful it is to have you as a coach who has walked that walk of putting our self care last, and then you moving people forward um, to help take care of them themselves in the process. So, just a little recap. I just want to say thank you for your vulnerability and sharing your story today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Patricia. That was. Um... It's really nice to hear. I, I, I would see, hear, hear stories when I was younger, you know, early 30s, 20s of tragedy and, and people would make something so amazing out of it. And I'm like, how do they do that? Where do they get that strength? And then it happened to me. And it's like, it, again, it didn't hap- it doesn't happen overnight doesn't happen overnight. It takes a village. It takes a change in, in mindset. I, I feel completely different towards David today. I'm nothing but grateful and thankful to him because something so beautiful, my life went in a completely different direction, which I thought was so bad at the time, but he really led me here. Had it not happened, I can tell you Almost 100%, I never would have moved to LA. My daughter would have never <laughs> left our community and applied to a university in Southern California where she is graduating next month with, with honors 
from a top university where she met her future husband, wow. my future son-in-law, who I love dearly. None of those things. Oh, and on a side note to that, her future husband's name is David as well. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of like, wow. I feel he's here. He's here. He has guided us to where, you know, I wasn't supposed to marry that guy. I would have never met the wonderful person I'm with today. I thought as a younger person, I just could write the playbook of my life mm. and it was going to mm. go exactly the way I wanted it to go. Right. <laughs> and I was humbled very quickly by life. It, yeah. It's not always my choice, but finding something really beautiful out of it has forever changed me now. I can say that now. Wow. Wow. Uh, yes. And I think this might be a good time to bring in how the song resonates. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. I can't even listen to Phil Collins and especially that song uh, without laughing now. Okay. But I was not laughing when I was first introduced to this song. So my brother <laughs> was obsessed with Phil Collins. It was his favorite singer of the time. And I mean, he was like an early teenager. And I have no idea why. I wish I could have asked him today. What was it about Phil Collins that you loved so much? But every morning he played that song every morning over and over again as we were getting ready for school. And I had me and my sister turn that off. It would drive me crazy with it. And you'd hear the click. Yeah. We'd stop and then the click of the rewind because it was yep. tape, you know, mm-hmm. and he'd rewind and he'd play it again. Yes. <laughs> so it was like. I was a little tortured by that song, to be quite honest. Um, although it's yeah. wonderful, right? It was, um, <laughs> it was, and so now it's like, now I, I, I wish, you know, just one more time, you could torture me playing that song over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, and that's hilarious. I don't know how many young teenage boys were like obsessed with Phil Collins. I have no idea. I, he may have been the only one. I'm not sure, but um was, is he older? Is he slightly older than you? No, no. Younger brother? I'm the oldest. Okay. <laughs> so okay. He was oh, two years a... younger. Okay. And he didn't, I I believe that time period of when he was torturing me with, with the song was not the year <laughs> it came out. It was a okay. few years later, later, right? When he actually got, I believe he got the Phil Collins tapes from at Christmas, you know, yeah. one year yeah. and he just, and then he played them. Till they ran out. (laughs) Well, that is, that's amazing because I probably would have tortured you if I, you know, you or I were hanging out because I too was rewinding and fast forward. I know, I know I'm a couple years older than you. And so it's, you know, just thinking about, I did the same thing. I can tell you exactly. In fact, when I was listening to it on Spotify today, I was like, I would hit rewind and listen to certain songs over and over again. And, and like, um, uh, don't you lose my number? Uh, was one of them. And one more night, of course, I had to listen on repeat. So I I would have been right there with David rewinding tapes. In fairness, Patricia, in total fairness, um, if if he were here today, he would probably say she drove me insane with Madonna. Or or some, you know, I'm sure he'd have a list of like who he could not listen to one more time because uh, we all had our, (laughs) and I remember my little pink boom box you know, yes. and the, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's such a fun memory. And it, it's great that music and uh, Phil Collins and that song in particular connected you to him. And 
and how you're at a different stage now than you were 12 years. And I know 12 years seems like it's a long time, but it really is not. It's not mm-hmm. a long time. I mean, they, I imagine, I mean, having experienced my own loss of my father, loss and grieving is, you know, I don't even know what, I don't know when it ends, when it, you know, but it continues in different ways. I think it feels different. And yours was quite traumatic and tragic. And, you know, he's very young. And um, I imagine the grieving process continues to, to be a challenge. It does. And to your point with, um, it, there could just be a moment or I hear something or I see something that reminds me of that, of him. And I either get choked up or I smile. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I think that the grieving process is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And whatever amount of time that you need, take that space to honor that and deal with it, how you need to deal with it. Not how somebody else tells you to deal with it because they may deal with that in a different way. They, they go through that in a different way. You know, I have friends who have had tragedies like this happen to me and they became very angry. They were angry at the person that left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I felt guilty. It, it's, it's just a different, we all go through those yes. processes in, in different ways and just to be okay with that. Yes. Um, and I think you bring up such a great, great point about grief and how it shows up in different ways and it's different for each individual. I also think uh, how amazing it is that you can see so many things that uh, you changed in your life since that time, that grieving time, decisions that you made that you wouldn't have made had this trauma or this event happen in your life. And in positive psychology, uh, we talk about this as post-traumatic growth. So, you know, traumas happen in life and, 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 um, and the tragedy, uh, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, so many things and looking at you know, what happens afterward? How do we pick up the pieces? Embracing where we are as far as the feeling is concerned and understanding that all the feels are okay, no matter how you're feeling. Anger, sadness, avoidance, all of those things, right? And, um, but, you know, looking at where, where we put the pieces together afterward and how we can grow. And it sounds like you've done incredible work in that arena, Gina. Thank you. Um- the best thing you just said, though, is work. I mean, it does it does take work. And and that's what I do with my clients. Again, I don't, I mean, I thank David because I don't know, I, I, I would have gone in this direction and, you know, coaching and opening up my own business. And I talk to women every day and that we all have different struggles, right? We all have yeah. different struggles, but it's just going through that process in, in our way yes. that is healing yes. to us is it it looks it looks very different yeah it yeah. looks very very different you know and this this is interesting because it brings us to the point of the show where we talk about the strengths and the strengths that you have that um, may have contributed and helped you through this event um and the, through uh this and trauma the via strengths uh audience if you haven't taken it it's uh, values in action uh developed by uh Seligman and Peterson it is 24 character strengths and it ranks them and your signature strengths are your top strengths. And those are who you are to your core. And now we have all 24 strengths, uh, which we're going to touch on in a little bit. We have all 24 strengths, so we can lean into all 24 strengths at some point, but there are distinct signature strengths that we use most of the time. And, and Gina is going to share some of those with us and then how she used those strengths 
with this event and then also, you know, where you are now. So, Gina, I actually have the strengths right in front of me and um, I wanted to, to list them off and then maybe you could tell us which ones, you know, you utilized during this time of grieving, you know, early on and then maybe a little bit on how you use it today. Uh, your number one is kindness. Your number two strength is humor. Mm-hmm. Um, three is gratitude. Four is social intelligence. Five is leadership. Then we've got honesty at six. Uh, seven is spirituality. Eight at zest. Love of learning, nine. Curiosity at 10. So you have a beautiful package of strengths. And I have some <laughs> little information about your, your, top, your top tops. But I'd love to hear how you know you felt that you use these throughout. Oh, absolutely. Very interesting. And I really do encourage everyone to take this because I mean it was it was pretty spot on. Kindness being number one, it wasn't it wasn't surprising. I definitely spread kindness wherever I go. I, I mean, even at the grocery food store at the checkout line, um, I struck up conversations because I think that I I understand just how fragile life is. Mm-hmm. And I had, I don't know the last time I remember going to see somebody. So I try to, yeah. to, to spread that and um, humor. <laughs> Anyone that knows me will, will say that makes sense. Um, yes. You know, even when I was hurting, sometimes I try to laugh right through it. Right. That's kind of like my uh, defense mechanism mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and gratitude that, you know, I would have put gratitude at number one because now anyway, but um, yeah. because I have those, those skills now to understand that when you, when you come from a place of gratitude and you're, you're thankful for everything, even what you consider to be the bad events that happened in your life, it changes you from the inside. Yeah. From the inside, it rewires your brain. I start my day off with gratitude. I end my day with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very spiritual person and whatever it is that you believe in, that's great for me. It's, it's God. And it's for me thanking him for each day, you know, yeah. and, um, and having that gratitude makes me a better person when I go out there in the world. I really feel like it does. I don't feel like I had a lot of gratitude prior Prior to 2010, mm-hmm. I thought I did, but I wasn't really practicing it. So yeah. there's a thinking that you have something, but then actually practicing it on a daily basis. It takes work. It takes time. It's a habit. Just like yeah. working out is a habit or mm-hmm. your your food habits. They're all habits. And um, I actively, actively practice the gratitude habit today. Yes. That's beautiful. And you know, what's interesting about, um, this is from Dr. Nemec's book on via character strengths interventions, uh, associated with gratitude is also work as a calling. And, you know, you have so much to offer. And we've had these conversations on our walks as far as helping others and, um, and how, you know, you have done the work yourself to get to where you are now emotionally coming back from a really tough loss, loss after loss after loss. And, Mm -hmm. and looking at for you um, and and our conversations, you know, it sounds like, you know, going into coaching and well-being and, and helping others and helping women take better care of themselves has been a passion of yours. And, 
And it's interesting that gratitude, you know, that's one of the components of gratitude research shows that uh, it is associated with seeing work as a calling. Absolutely. It absolutely, hands down, um, it has led me, it is my calling. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It's something I focus on every day. I have true gratitude about it. Um, there's there's so much to learn that I, I never stop learning in it too. And it's just that, that feeling of paying it forward. Yeah. Paying it forward. Yeah. Uh, and that's your kindness and your kindness. I mean, I can see that kindness, I can see that in you. Um, just, you know, an observation. Some of the first times I met you, just a beautiful smile, um, a reassuringness about you. And it's just authentic and you're authentically who you are. And, and I think that that's um, so wonderful. Um, one thing, you know, about uh, kindness from Dr. Nemec's book is that it's linked to optimism. Um, mm-hmm. It's also linked to social connectedness. And what you were just saying, you know, like yes. when you're in the store and you're making eye contact with somebody and there also is positive psychology uh, intervention or if it's an intervention, it might be uh, now, but it's about small talk, but there's positive emotions can be sparked from small talk and making little conversations with people and acknowledging them. And, um, and you know how, cause sometimes we go through life and, and, you know, we're just trying to get from one thing to the next, to the next. And we don't really take the time to see who's that person in front of us. Who's the cashier. And, you know, just stopping for that one moment to say, hi, how are you today? Absolutely. And the people that did that to me, especially in those first couple of years, just somebody in passing that had no idea what I was going through. It made me happy for that entire day. I'm like, oh, somebody actually smiled, having no idea that I was in so much pain. Yeah. The, the, the saying, you know, be kind always, you never know what somebody's going through, something like that. Yeah. Because um, you don't, you have no idea. And so I know how that made me feel. I know how it makes me feel when, when people are like that to me, complete strangers out in the world. We don't have enough of that. I don't know what happened. It kind of went away. You know, our society yeah. has changed. And so when I see somebody else being that way to me, it's like, this is wonderful. Like you have no yeah. idea how you brighten my day. Yeah. Um, that's what yes. I, 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 I really practice that every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that that was a pivotal part that got you through that time period and just a warm smile or somebody to just ask you how you are and acknowledging you and seeing you, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about how you feel if somebody says, oh my gosh, I love your outfit or I love your hair. And you're just like, you're almost shocked a little bit at first, you know? Yes. Thank you. And you just, you feel warm inside it. It glows from the inside. Yes. You just pass that along to a couple people a day, you know? Yes. I'm laughing a little bit because, you know, I am in Switzerland and the spoken language here is Swiss German and I am studying German. But one thing I do miss, and I was just talking about it today, is small talk. And Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, even German and Swiss German are totally different. I'm learning German um, because Swiss German actually um, is uh, not a written language. And, uh, it is almost, I joke with somebody today. I'm like, it's like, you guys have a secret code language and you're not letting me in on it, you know? And, um, so I miss a small talk, but I've learned how to, you know, I saw somebody's dog who's incidentally named Pitbull. And then he says, it's a people, people like, and I was like, 
oh, it's Pitbull, you know? And I was like, how are you? And uh, it's just the cutest little puffy dog. Does not look like a pit bull whatsoever. And, um, and, you know, but we were able to connect. I'm like, oh, like I know a couple words. So I was able to say, oh, it's like gross, you know, like getting bigger, you know? And, uh, you know. <laughs> so you connected. You oh, we connected. connected. And it goes beyond language. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond the physical or the, 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 the words, it goes beyond the words and it was a smile and it was an acknowledgement. And even just that, you know, I w- got onto the bus just laughing, you know, cause it was just, it was a fun interaction. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, then you also got, uh, uh, social intelligence and What's why I'm flagging this one is because actually social intelligence helps buffer against negative effects of stress and trauma. Uh-huh. So by having that emotional intelligence that you have that, you know, research shows that it helps buffer against um, trauma. And I imagine you leaned into social intelligence with connections with your daughter, with your friends at that time. Absolutely. Yeah, ab- absolutely. But I have friends who don't work out at all which is funny. I, I tease them, right? But they say, why do you work out? Well, there's a ton of reasons why I work out. But one of the reasons going to a gym is that's my community. There's friends there. There's connection. It's not just the physical act of working out, right? Well, you know, from teaching classes and, and having that sense of community, right? It's beyond something yeah. something physical. And it it feeds my soul. Yes. <laughs> it feeds my soul. And and so, yeah, that social so intelligence, great. I think that was so, a big buffer. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Do you have an action item that you'd like to give our audience today? Um, and then I also need to know, like, you know, our, our audience needs to know how to get a hold of you to be able to get some coaching um, and or to meet up with you. So let's begin with an action item. Okay. Yeah. You know what? As women, we're often spread really, really thin. And I, I, I understand that. And I, I would encourage you to uh, a 30 day cha- challenge, 30 days, Okay, 30 day challenge, write guys. down one thing that you love every day for 30 days. You know what I love? I love, I love sticky notes. Uh, y'all laugh, but I got sticky notes oh, yeah. out the sticky notes. Okay. It could be sticky note, yes. write one thing, stick it on the mirror in your bathroom. The next day it can be, you know, sticky note and throw it in your purse, but just 30 days, write down one thing that you love. And uh, yeah, I know how love you that idea. Yes. Yes. It's empowering. It's empowering. I love it. It'll be interesting yeah. to see that mind shift at the end of, you know, a 30 days to see, you know, and, and yeah. how it might change your day, especially if you do it first thing in the morning, um, how that might shift your, you know, perspective on things. Yeah. So well, if love you meet that. me in person, I probably have a sticky note in my pocket. You don't even know, you know yeah. or in my, yeah. in my purse. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it love makes that. a big difference. It makes a big yes. difference. It's only 30 days. We can do anything for 30 days. <laughs> anything for 30 days. And it takes only a second. And I love that. Yeah. That's real. That's wonderful. How does our audience get a hold of you for coaching? Okay. Well, they can head to my website, ginaparin.com. It's just my first and last name. I'm sure you'll have that up there. I uh, you can email me directly from there. I get a lot of direct messages on social media. I just Gina Perrin on Facebook, uh, but Instagram is probably the bigger one. Gina underscore Perrin. You can just find me by my first and last name. 
I do check them quite often. So you can reach me that way as well. And my website's on the, the link in my Instagram bio as well. Oh, great. That's great. And this uh, audience will all be in the show notes um, to get a hold of uh, Gina. And so, but I want to just say thank you so much for for sharing your story today, sharing your amazing strengths and all of the work that you've done. I know our audience is inspired by you and your story. And congratulations to your daughter and to you as mother of the bride. Uh, <laughs> very exciting, very exciting times and very, um, very, a lot yeah. of uh, silver linings, I guess you could say. Absolutely. A lot to be grateful for, um, especially you today. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, thank you thank for having you. me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, this is the part of the show um, where we get to talk about 80s trends. So, um, and we have, you know, there are just so many. And um, given that we're around the same age, Tell me, I know the answer, but tell me, <laughs> tell us, tell the audience, you know, what did you like to do on Saturday nights? Oh, you would <laughs> catch me at the roller rink. I was at the roller skating rink, right? With all my girlfriends and yes. gosh, what were the Z Cavaricci pants in that, you know, when the slow dance came on, hope a boy would hold my hand and roller skate around. Roller skate around. Yes. I am. Yes. I am. 45 now and I, uh, I still roller skate. So yes, I, I, we have that in common. Um, I, yes. you know, I didn't strangely, I didn't pack my ice skates to go to Switzerland, which would have actually been really oh. useful, but I did pack my roller skates. And so, uh, I have mine as well. Yeah. And, and we share that love of the roller, uh, roller rink and yeah. goodness. I had some good times and I love oh, to roller great skate. Great times. I mean, th- I, be- yeah. I think, Everybody had a birthday party there. I mean, yeah. it was just a lot of great, great, good times. Parents would just drop you off. I have no idea. Yes. And then we just <laughs> there for hours. around. Yes. And well, the arcades are always there. And yeah, such a good time. Such a good crazy. time. Love, love that you brought that up. All right. Any favorite shows? Did you have any favorite shows in the 80s? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think you mentioned it in the beginning that I was raised on a farm. Yes. Uh, so we played outside quite a bit. I was oh. the athletic. We didn't. We didn't really watch TV too much. Um, yeah. But uh, you, you laugh. I. I. I love the Golden Girls. <laughs> yes. I. Yes. Yes. <laughs> For some reason, I have no idea why I love that show. Which I, one I are know. you? Which one do you resonate uh, with? Uh, Blanche Devereaux. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least I wanted to be here when I get to her age. Right. It's like, yes. Um, she just, I loved how she just owned all of her sexuality, you know, she owned it. and, and it was yeah. just, wow. Yes. You know? Yes. yes. Love, love, love that. that. Love that. Love yeah. That. That's so great. That's <laughs> so great. And I understand you are Madonna. You love Madonna music. Your, yeah. Yeah. The whole nine. Mm-hmm. And then Phil Collins only when you had to listen. When I was tortured into it, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, the eighties were just—they they were really, really great. Um, yeah, you know, and the, and the the bracelets and the oh, the jelly bracelets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm kind of sad that I don't still have them. I wish I would have kept things, but you just don't think like yeah. that when you're younger, I guess. Uh, no, you don't think about. It. You think this is not ever coming back, and then you see people ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see people wearing it and it's like, how is that even happening? You know? Wow. Yeah. Where'd you get that? Like Etsy right. or something? I don't know. Yeah. I'll have, yeah. To, I have to figure it out. But um, I wish I had some of my original stuff, especially the pants. I, I don't know that I could fit in them today, but 
I wish I had some of the the cool pants. Yes, yeah, they had some amazing pants. Like my, I love my chick jeans. You know, yeah, I had totally. yeah, <laughs> totally. With the pleats in the front, they were my favorite oh, jeans, and they were high waisted. They were just high waisted. Yeah, high waisted with the pleats. That was yeah. that was the thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh God, this is so fun. Well, Gina, you know, I honestly could talk to you all day long and I just want to just once one more time just to say, you know, with gratitude, thank you for for being on the show. And I look forward to connecting uh, with you again soon. And uh, yeah, until next time. Thank you. Until next time. Bye, Patricia. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, Tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.